dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Coding. Lessons from a seamstress. A.K.A. Sewing. Lessons from a coder. Sewing clothes always seems slightly magical to me. A seamstress sits with a yard of fabric and minutes later a dress appears from nowhere. Making my first item of clothing was not so mistable. It took me three days to orient myself in the field of textiles. I researched what equipment I needed to get started, how much fabric was required, and stumbled through the layers of jargon to find answers. Fabric nap, it turns out, does not pertain to how much sleep is recommended between sewing belts. The first time I touched a sewing machine, I succeeded in sewing all four sides of a purse shut. Can you perhaps see the problem there? A few weeks later, I started a skirt. I'd sew a seam, the seam would bunch or come undone, I'd unpick the seam, then I'd take to YouTube to find a fitting video entitled Buttons for Dummies. It took me three attempts to get the zipper right, four attempts to iron the fusing onto the right side. At one point, I even managed to sew it inside out. And throughout this process, my first thought was, this is just like learning to code. For many, coding seems like a complex series of inscrutable functions and brackets, akin to the background scenes in a hacker movie. Code whizzes by, magic happens, and the coder sits before it all, godlike and talking in tongues. Optional spiked hair and cyber glasses available upon request. Before I started learning to code, I had much the same view. My brain doesn't naturally work algorithmically, and it felt like an impossible goal to make a script that would complete even simple tasks. I quickly realised the majority of my time was not spent at the command line, but on Google, searching for anyone else who'd experienced similar problems. Little did I know that in those many hours spent searching the web, I was actually learning to code myself. The truth is that coding isn't a specialist skill only achievable by, me by members of the computational elite. Coding is a game of resilience. If you're a scientist, then you already know the right approach to take. A successful day of coding, or sewing, for me includes three pivotal steps. One, enter the problem space. Two, get stuck. Three, try again. When I started coding, I would Google questions only to find more words I didn't know. Trying to understand what people meant when they used phrases like working directories and indexing. The first time I tried to use the simplest of simple functions in a terminal, I was met with a train made of at signs and brackets chugging across the screen. I still have no idea where that train came from. Even when I had a basic understanding, I would then spend days staring into the void to find a place to start, writing out exactly what I needed to, the script to do, and operationalizing more concretely how I can make that happen using mathematics, not a wing and a prayer. Days later, and if you're lucky, you've got an idea of what your script should do and a vague concept of how you can do it. Now comes the fun part. Write a line of code, run the code get an error from the code, contemplate throwing your computer out of the window, repeat indefinitely. It's true that for every problem you solve, there will be more waiting. But it's also true that for every problem you solve, you'll approach the next one with a touch more experience. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen eventually. You might have to unpick a dozen seams, redo your zipper three times, and you might even sew your skirt inside out. You might need to watch hours of videos and read the instructions a thousand times. The truth you might need to hear is, that's fine. That's learning. So give yourself permission to learn. Like much of life, coding isn't about getting things right. Instead, it's learning how to properly get things wrong.
A successful day of coding does not mean I finish with a working code. That's a nice side benefit and the ultimate aim, but it's not how I measure success. When I have days of coding that land me roundly back at square one, I often surprise even myself in that I don't feel unproductive or stupid. I've had an entire day learning. Completely out of the blue, it transpires one of the biggest life lessons I've taken away from coding is how to be comfortable getting things wrong. How to exist in a problem space and acknowledge the desired goal as one of many potential positive outcomes. It's one of the reasons I can now say wholeheartedly that I love working on code, and I truly believe it's made me a better learner. It's the reason I can fail so well again and again. It's the reason I can sew a skirt inside out and still make it look good. And so, if you're about to embark on a journey into coding, or really learning anything new, my biggest piece of advice for you is this. Try again. And use Google. Always. Because the internet loves a numbered list, here's a few more practical suggestions if you're looking to get started, written with the help of my very good friend and an expert coder, Pranayadav. Number one, start simple. For your first time coding, set yourself a ridiculously simple task that you can build on later. If you want to write a full analysis script in R, start by loading in a data file and finding the mean of a variable. Set realistic goals that you can complete early on to build your confidence. There's also a few resources here that can be incredibly helpful on that front. Two, get stuck in. Though there are many online courses which can be incredibly helpful when learning to code, my preferred method is just start typing. It can be scary to begin with, but searching for functions as you go and problem solving as needed is still my favorite approach and allows you to focus on the skills you need. Giving yourself permission to just play with the code is a great way to understand it. Why not start with Scratch? Available right here. Number three, comment everything. A professor once said to me, your past self doesn't answer emails, and it's very true. You may understand how your code works now, but will you still understand it in six months? The answer is almost always no. Make sure you keep good notes of exactly what is happening and how your lovely for loop is actually looping. Number four, ask your friends. Don't sit and stare at the command line for hours in frustration. If you have friends, enemies, vague acquaintances who know how to code, ask them for help. Don't immediately give up, but it's amazing how often the person sat next to you has the exact piece of information you need to get unstuck. And number five, ChatGPT can be a wonderful springboard. Don't automatically trust code from this source. It will likely need tweaking and it definitely needs checking. However, it can provide a good baseline to start from. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.